Due to adult content, parental discretion is advised. To begin. Are you watching closely? To begin. I just, I'm bored. Gotta start. What plaything can you offer me today? Here's the deal. Just give me the facts. Just the facts. Only the facts. Breathe. Focus. Keep it simple. No, 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 no doubt, no doubt. Okay, welcome to Cock and Bowl Minute, a Tristram Shandy story. A podcast in which, eventually, ostensibly, at some point, we will be talking about the 2005 film Tristram Shandy, a cock and bull story, one minute at a time. Good lord, what is this story all about? Cock and a bull story. Here's your host, me, Robert Black. Back again with guest Professor Sarah Black. In theory, we're moving on to Mother. We're talking about Group 10, Life is a House versus Mother. Although, as I said, I think last episode, the one before, you could do an entire Movies by Minutes show about either of these movies, so they could spend many, many episodes talking about lots of details in both of these. Even though Life as a House has a lot of details that repeat, you can definitely meditate on that sort of thing. Mother, of course, is directed and written by Darren Aronofsky. Stars Jennifer Lawrence, Javier Bardem, several other people in very small roles. But they're the big ones. Michelle Pfeiffer and Ed Harris are pretty good. And that's and a lot of extras when you get to Act 3. So we could start with the obvious. Like Life is a House, Mother is also an allegory with the house as its primary symbol. So we have here the house as Earth or house yeah. as creation. Because, of course, when you... See the outside, it is completely surrounded by trees, so it mm-hmm. is... And no pathways. Isola- yes. <laughs> it's isolated. Yes, no pathways. When they show it, they show it at one point from above, and it's even in a circular clearing, where you can almost imagine it's a picture of, like, Earth and space. Yes. Which is deliberate. If you don't know the movie, I'm going to say watch it, but I, most of you won't like it, which is too bad for you. But a big part of it, yeah, is the metaphor of Mother for Earth. The characters don't have names, which if you watch with subtitles on, I learned, was that yesterday? That when we watch this, it could be problematic because you see interesting names like Cupbearer, which has a whole different meaning when you see it on the screen. But the, the main Javier Bardem's character is just called him. She is Mother, and there is... Well, man and Woman. Man and Woman. Oldest son, youngest son. Yes. Uh, uh, zealot and very meaningful names that go back to and sometimes deliberately mix up biblical storylines because the son the two sons their storyline before it becomes violent feels more like um, was it uh, Esau and Jacob first and then becomes Cain and Abel it's like a mix of like stories from Genesis and it's sort of sibling rivalry as the beginning of human conflict and competition. Although you didn't want to talk about the biblical stuff that much. And I have written plenty about the oh. biblical stuff. <laughs> you can. yeah. I, I will. It'll come up. Because I think each of the other things that are part of it, which we'll get to, like environment also, environmental issues, are connected directly to the biblical metaphor. And so is the metaphor of the house, the allegory of the houses. Earth and mother as... Both this like Mother Earth figure, a physical representation of the larger house that's around her, and just a woman 
who is, you could also imagine if this is God, she's just this character we all wrote out of the story because she's always telling us what to do. So, while we have the house as Earth, we also have the house as the brain, or the source of creation. Yes. And much like most house metaphors, you have the basement or the id. This is where most of the violence occurs. This is where the graphic sexual discussions occur. This is where the soldier's head getting blown off occurs. This it's not is the basement. The it's first floor. Is where the laundry Almost room not, is? The first that's, floor? No, that's the basement. That's where the sexual discussion occurs. Is it? Yeah. That's where the worst of the wars and atrocities occur. Is in that laundry room. Is it? Yes. I don't remember. I thought... I thought- <laughs> Until the very end, when she goes down there and lights it on fire, spoilers, she's the only one who ever goes down there. Well, and she takes woman down there once. But that's the first floor still. Maybe not. It's hard to tell at the end of the movie because... (laughs) There's chaos. It's chaos. Everything's dark, unless something's on fire, and there are people everywhere. So you might be right about that one. But I I mean, because I was thinking, at least up until that point, it was interesting that she's the only one who goes in the basement, and he's the only one who goes in the attic. I think I am right, only because I was watching for this specifically. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I think at that point, I was watching it this time, I was just, like, stuck on every single visual on the screen and imagining what you could do breaking this down even further than, like, one episode, like, a little discussion like this. Yes. Because you could focus on each little event in each one of those rooms and what is happening and what you could take it to as a metaphor for real and real events involving religion and everything else. But, basement. So, yes, so that's the basement. You have the ground level, while clearly there's a lot of chaos going on on ground level, too. That's where we see most of the domestication occurring. And then upstairs, which is where the film begins and ends. Well, you... technically it begins downstairs in the basement, because we see that glimpse of Rachel Vice as the previous mother. A possible correction here. It's hard to be sure from articles about it on the internet because no one seems to actually know. But the woman at the beginning might not be Rachel Weisz. It might be Sarah Jean LeBros, credited as foremother. And the woman at the end might be Laurence LeBouf, credited as maiden. But it's hard to be sure. So I see the script. Do I have the script? I might. Burning. wasn't very helpful. It's just woman at the beginning and new woman at the end. So I guess I won't know unless I eventually find a way to talk to Aronofsky about it, which would be awesome. Anyway, back to the discussion. True. But then, yes, it immediately goes to his office, study, whatever you want to call it, on the second floor. And while there clearly is a lot to talk about in this film in terms of environmentalism in terms of biblical parables. I What I found most interesting, and this was my third time watching this film because I really like this film. I saw it 
twice in the theater when it came out, but I haven't seen it since then. Same. Is the is the role of women. So thinking of where I want to start with this. I guess first off to note, neither film, neither Life as a House or Mother, would pass the Bechdel test. So in terms of what the Bechdel test is for any of your audience who might not know, that's two women appearing in a film talking about something other than a man. So that does not occur in either of these films. It doesn't occur in most films, but um, it, right, yeah. it doesn't occur in these films. That doesn't make me not love these films. Passing the Bechdel test isn't a prerequisite to me loving a film, but it is interesting. Do you know. use the Bechdel test in class? I discuss the Bechdel test because in class. Because I would suggest you even go further and use the uh, Mako-Mori test, mm-hmm. which is the further one coming from Pacific Rim. Yeah. Because it's not just, do they get to talk about something else? It's, do they have motivations that you understand? Yes. Do they have their own storyline? It doesn't mean the movie focuses on their storyline, but you can imagine they have somewhere to go and they have a reason to be there. Which some movies, even their lead character doesn't get that. So it's a big one. (laughs) Yes. And so both of these films, both Mother and Life is a House, are stories of creation, but they're both told from a white heteronormative perspective. The, while the film is named Mother, her role is submissive throughout. She is his creation. Everyone in the film treats her as though she's invisible and powerless and made to serve him, uh-huh. made to humanize him. Yep. And so is Robin in Life is a House. Her function is also to, to humanize George and to help him process his trauma. So even the conversation where you have mother discussing or having a conversation with woman is in the basement about how to please a man sexually. Right. And it's not enough. We, we see this in society. It's not simply enough for mother to create a home and to love him and to support him in his creative endeavors. She's not enough of a woman unless she can also keep up sexually unless she can wear the right lacy underwear unless she Mm -hmm. can make things interesting for him in in the bedroom just a quick aside that watching it this time that moment where she throws the underwear behind the washer (laughs) and earlier when she throws the guy's lighter behind the dresser are two i loved those moments this time i completely forgot they were in there there's just these little silly petty moments that Mm -hmm. made her feel like more of a person because she's always just wants good things she wants everything to be good and then someone's just like, yeah, I don't need a lighter in here. That's a thing that burns stuff. I don't need this underwear because that's weird. Yes. And, and that is the thing. And I would say that is how women often have to e- express things. They mm, yeah. cannot express things directly because, because they don't ultimately have power in those spaces. So they take power where they can find it. So if they can take power in... Yeah, the- the few times she has actual power in the film, it's almost accidental. It's just when she screams and you get that idea that her connection to the house means the entire place is uncomfortable. And one of those is when the house floods, which means everyone wants to leave anyway. So also interesting about the, the power dynamic is him. He, yeah. but him. He can bring people into the home. Yes. She doesn't bring anybody into or out of the home. He, she... 
he never listens to her when she wants people out of her right. space. <laughs> so he can bring people into the home. He can also leave the home. He goes on a hike. Yeah, she can only out. go, she can step out the door, but never leaves the porch. So she, she can't do either one of those things, even though the home is her domain. Yeah. She doesn't have the power to go outside of it. Separate spheres. She also doesn't have power within it. So as more people move in, she has less and less physical space in her home as mm-hmm. well. She has fewer rooms she can work with. Well, and even she, the one room she has, her bedroom, is taken over by people at one point. Yes. That she has to kick out of that room, and they don't like it. And eventually, not only does she have no control over who comes in and out of her house and what happens in her house, she doesn't even have control over her own body she's attacked in her own space twice Mm -hmm. the first act of the film she's attacked verbally by the man who who comes on to her i forget exactly what what he says to her i don't know hey we haven't met you've known this family for years and you this is my house (laughs) oh it's a beautiful home you want to take a walk what a walk with me. You see that? No. No. Please. You want to take my number? No, I don't, I don't want your number. Well, why would you say that? You don't even know me. Let, let me no, give you Let my go number. of me. Why? Because I don't know you. <laughs> Get down from there. From where? But you see, you should, because you don't know what I could do for you. I don't want anything from you. Sassy. Leave me alone. You know what? Get out of my face. You're an arrogant cunt. But he's clearly violating her, <laughs> her, her space. And then later on, the attack is worse. Worse, she's both verbally and physically attacked. Called a cunt, called a whore, torn into into pieces by men who mm-hmm. feel like they. I think it's even more subtle than that. Even before the guy that openly comes on to her and then calls her names in the kitchen, there is the cupbearer who kind of follows her around and has this weird sort of clinginess where. She doesn't want anyone in this house. And suddenly this one guy is following her around, is painting walls when this is her place to paint and her place that she is still building when all these people start moving in. And it's like he's taking her roles of creation itself away for this random guy, this cupbearer. Yeah. This also is a good example of the the lead-up or the... But like how that escalates throughout the film in terms of her her space being violated and women in real life and when that happens if you're being followed followed around. Uh-huh. I'm a 43 year old average looking woman and got catcalled walking to the store like a couple days. Like <laughs> these are just right. things that that, that well yeah and painting her walls almost know. seems nice until you realize no. It's a big part of her life right now is that they're living in this house and she is fixing it up. You take that away, she doesn't have anything. Yes, and we typically can't make a big deal out of it, can't say something about mm-hmm. it. If we do say, she does go to her to her husband or go to him several yeah. times and he does not... He always sides with them. Yes. <laughs> and so thinking more about the creation aspects or creation being born out of destruction when we do see woman and him make love it's after a fight scene where Mm -hmm. she yells at him that for a man who wants to bear children he can't even fuck her 
after which he pushes her onto the stairs and violently takes her. I don't know what you think about that. It's kind of odd. It it is it's all it's both kind of horrible, but it's a classic sort of movie thing where the sex starts as the man conquering the woman, even though she fought like the, this movie does a deliberate thing where it makes her call him out on it. Like he wants children, but he won't fuck her. And then he gets violent. She joins in, of course, because that's how you, it goes in the movie. But also, what else? What other option does she have in the moment? Is the, kind of the point, along with even the feminist angle, is that there's no one else in her life. She doesn't want those other people. They're all strangers. She wants to fix up this house, as she told woman earlier. She wants to fix up the house before they have a kid. She she doesn't have a choice. However, it goes. So if it goes violently, she gives in. And, yeah, that's the thing. She really does not have anywhere to escape. I got nowhere else to go! I got nowhere else to go! I got nothing else. I used to think I had it all going Everything I touched turned to gold I had women and money Fine clothes and cars My farm was always busy And my friends were movie stars Was always the center of attention Surely everybody knew my name My life kept on rolling Just like a river I was always a winner in the game Something in my soul was missing Deep down I knew it couldn't last Too many people I had stepped on Too many tears in my past Nobody ever really mattered No one could say I was ever true But slowly I started falling for someone Who was just exactly like me too my plans and dreams have all faded Everyone I trusted let me down The one that I love married my best friend And they moved to the rich side of town I feel lost and abused So confused And I've never, ever, ever been so alone Lord, I've come into you
so she can't leave the house. She can't. Well, he never goes in the basement, but the basement's not a pleasant place. When she's in the basement, she can be by herself, but it is a dark place that when there's bleeding, they get the blood that gets on the floor, it drips mm-hmm. down into the basement. There is a hidden room in the basement. There is a furnace in the basement. It's not a nice place. Thing. Also, a woman who surrendered invisible and mostly, not completely, but mostly powerless in the film. That is where women tend to retreat is into, into their own brain. Yeah. We go to dark places. Which, of course, is the laundry room in this case, too. <laughs> um, you know, women have incredibly high rates of anxiety disorders. I read an article just yesterday that stated that every single woman should be tested for an anxiety disorder. Because <laughs> essentially, we, we all have one because we're all living in this um, heteronormative, very sexist type of world where we can't even walk to the grocery store. We can't even, for the most part, have our own space. That's been talked about in literature before. Yeah. Virginia Woolf's um, A Room of Her Own, for example. Like We don't typically have our own, own spaces to go. Thank you for listening. This has been Cock and Bull Minute, a Tristram Shandy story. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Cock Bull Minute, or find us in the Facebook listeners group, Cock and Bull Pub. Find more content at lemmingdrops.com.